But John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that next week. So make sure you, you get back with us in church, online campus next weekend. I'm the true vine. And my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, this is where we're going we're gonna to steady ourselves today. It says this, remain in me and I in you. And just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. Today as we continue on in this collection of talks we're calling Stay, I want to speak to you from the subject, bed hogs and puppy breath. Bed hogs and puppy breath as we look at what connectedness and closeness in Christ produces in our lives. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this moment that we have to gather today all across the world to lift your name the name that is above every name, the name to which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. So Jesus, right now we lift up your name knowing that when your name is lifted high, healing takes place. When your name is lifted high, hope is in the room. When your name is lifted high, anything is possible and so we lift that name up. We do not lift our, our names up. We do not lift our circumstances up. We do not lift our storms up. God, we lift your name, the name that is above everything else and we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. So speak to us now. Our hearts are ready, our ears are open. Speak, we need your voice, not, not mine, not anyone else's. We need your voice this morning. Give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shout it online. Put it in the, put it in the comments this morning, amen and amen. Uh, my kids are bed hogs, like straight up bed hogs. My wife would probably contend that I'm a bed hog as well, uh, but that's for a totally different message. And so... Uh, I was thinking about this the other day as my kids, my, my son just turned 10 in February and my daughter is getting ready to turn nine uh, at the end of this month. And so it's been, it's been this moment where we've been watching, especially our two older kids grow. And now my two-year-old, she's getting even bigger. She's talking more and, and you're just watching. It's like as a parent, I'm watching my kids get older and it's getting depressing. Come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about, Right. And, and I wish, I wish they could stay, in some moments, I wish this, uh, they could stay at the two-year-old, three-year-old phase because they're so cute and they're, they're cuddly and, and, and they're fun at such a great age. But the bottom line is, is that they're getting older, they're, they're, they're getting bigger. And I was looking at my son the other day who's quickly becoming this, this tall, lanky, basketball-playing, like-looking kid, and he's going to be taller than me, and he's getting all, oh, we got his haircut the other day, and he's looking just older and mature, and, and as I'm watching him get his haircut, I just remembered all of these moments in his childhood. And one of those things that I, that I remember, and in that moment, actually was like, man, I wish, I wish we could have those again, were the moments that they would get up out of bed, and they would jump into our bed, they would climb into our bed, and they would hog the entire bed. They'd push mom and dad to the corners of our, of our bed. But there was something so special about that because they'd cuddle with us and they, they wanted to be close. And my son, like God bless him, he still is a cuddler. Come on. All the men keeping down the cuddle, cuddle fort, right? And, uh, and so he's still a cuddler. And, and I was thinking about this the other day because I miss those, those moments now that they've been replaced with morning cartoons and Dude Perfect and, and, and Lego YouTube things that I don't even know what, they're, what, what it is. But uh, uh, it, it's a moment in my heart where I'm like, oh man, I'm missing, my, I'm missing my young kids. So we got a puppy. 
And uh, this is what you do. This is why you keep having kids or you get puppies is so you can jump back into like that small cuddle age. And, and this puppy right now, he's running around and he loves to be up in your face. How many of you know, like with puppies, they, they, they love to get as close as they possibly can. So the other day we were, I was sitting on the ground and this dog comes bouncing in at me and he bounces right up onto my chest and he sticks his face like up in my face and he starts trying to lick, which I am not that dog guy, okay? So those of you out there who allow your dog to lick your mouth, stop it, okay? But all the same, he got his face up in my face and I could smell his puppy breath, which puppy breath is actually not that bad. And once again, I was just reminded of this, this phase in life where we want to cuddle and we want to be close. And, and I was wishing my kids were there and I was loving the moment with the dog. And it was all about this, this cuddling and staying close. And here's the reality. And this is what I realized the other day. The kids are growing up. They're getting bigger. This dog's going to get bigger and it's, it's going to grow up. And they're no longer needing mom and dad the way they once did, and so the proximity is starting to change. And as I thought about it, much of their proximity and closeness was the product of need. They knew that proximity would produce provision. My kids knew that if they hopped into bed with us, they were gonna receive the love that they needed, they were gonna receive the closeness that they, that they needed, they were gonna receive everything that came from that. And right now, this puppy is in this stage where he knows that his owners, the people that love him and have him in his house, if he is close to them, he's gonna receive everything that he needs. And like all of us, as we grow, we tend to believe that we no longer need closeness and proximity. Yet the truth is that no matter how old we get, how mature we think that we have become, come on, hear that today, or how independent we wish to be, proximity is a necessary position for our lives. But here's the truth. We tend to be afraid of close. Come on, somebody. Can we be real in church today? We tend to be afraid of close, especially right now. And if we are not careful, we will, we will turn social distancing into spiritual isolation. And I've come to realize that we tend to graft into our faith life <clears throat> the disposition of our personal life. When what we should be doing is the exact opposite. We should be grafting into our personal lives what is taking place in our faith life. And that is closeness, connectedness, abiding in Christ. And so this series that we've been is all about what it looks like <clears throat> to abide in Christ, what it looks like to stay, what it looks like to stay connected. Last week we talked about the idea about how our identity is determined by and formatted in a close relationship with Jesus. Today I wanna talk about and I wanna look at what happens when we stay close, when we stay close. M.S. Mills would say it like this in his book, The Life of Christ, in abiding, one takes all burdens to him and draws all wisdom, strength, and life from him. Nothing is allowed in the believer's life with which separates us from him. It's about having this, this dogmatic disposition in our lives that no matter what's going on, I need to stay close. Parents, you would know what I'm talking about if you've ever ventured off into Disneyland or someplace like that. It's every two and a half seconds you're yelling at your kids, stay close, stay close, stay on me, pay attention. You're holding hands. Like I remember when I was young, my parents had a leash for me. 
you know what I'm talking about? Those backpacks with like the leashes, that's just what I needed because <laughs> I'd wander off everywhere. But you know what I, I think is really interesting is that we have a tendency to wander, don't we? We have a tendency to wander. We have a tendency to be more drawn to separation than we do closeness. And I think especially in our faith life, especially in our journey with Jesus, because for a lot of us, we got a lot of junk hanging on in our lives. we got a lot of stuff that's been there, and it's defined how we do relationships, both horizontally and vertically. And so for many of us, because we were hurt naturally, we believe that God will hurt us, so drawing close is a really difficult notion for us. But what I want us to understand is that being branches connected to the vine is a picture of closeness, connection, and proximity. It is the picture that Jesus wants us to understand as we develop a relationship with him. Not defining religion for us, but rather building a relationship. And it's in this piece of scripture that he's showing us what close looks like, how close close is, and close is close. Close, close. Super close, to the point where he's saying, connect to me, I am the vine, you are the branches. And the problem is that we tend to mitigate that closeness, as we tend to do with so many of our other relationships. And the problem is, is that for many of us, we have applied six feet of distance to Jesus. Before any virus, before any social decorum, we applied six feet of distance to Jesus as we did with many other people in our lives. We said, I'll only allow you this close. And Jesus, I'm only gonna allow you this close. But it's right here in John chapter 15 in this beautiful mashal that Jesus encourages us, and not just encourages us, but calls us to remain in me and I in you. I need you to be close. You need to be close because when you're close, you get everything that you need. Closeness is what is necessary for a relationship. To stay is to be connected. It is to be close. No matter the situation or circumstance, our dependence upon his presence should force proximity. I'll take you back to my kids. My kids know if I'm close to mom and dad, I get what I need. Right? If I stay close, I get what I, what I need. Not necessarily what they want at all times. Let's be honest about that. Not necessarily what they want, but what they need. So what I want to do today is I want, to, I want to look at the purpose of proximity by what it produces in our lives. There's a lot of P's right there. <laughs> Say it. I want to look at the purpose of proximity by what it produces in our lives. And I want to draw our attention to four, here's another P, provisions. <laughs> I don't know, I just guess like the P word right now. Four provisions found right here in this scripture. We're just going to extract it all from this scripture right here. Four provisions found when we stay close. Come on, if you're with us today, just shout out close in the comment section, right? I, if I had the number, I'd tell you to text close, but we can't do that right now because that's not a word. But four provisions that we need that, we, uh, that are found when we stay close. Here's the first one. Number one is increased fruit. Increased fruit. And I'm not talking about apples and bananas. Increased fruit. John chapter 15, verses four to five says this, remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself. Hear that. We're unable to produce fruit by ourselves unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Here's, here's the problem that we're, that we're facing right now. There's a difference between producing fruit and producing works. 
And the difference is found in abiding. The difference is found in our ability to stay. He's saying, listen, if you remain in me, you produce fruit. If you detach from me, we are constantly working to produce works. Outside of Jesus, disconnected from Jesus, it is works. Connected to him, it is fruit. And that fruit starts popping off. Pop, 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 pop. Fruit popping everywhere. Right? You're just a regular old fruit tree. Why? Because you are connected to Jesus. And many of us are trying to produce things in disconnectedness that we've never been called to produce on our own. It is only produced in connection with Jesus, in closeness with him, that we actually produce what it is that we are needing to produce. Now let's define production. Let's define fruit. Because for many of us, we think success automatically, and we ain't talking about success today. Can I just tell you that Jesus never told us to be successful. He just told us to be obedient. And so many of us are defining our lives. We think the fruit is success. We think the fruit is fame. We think the fruit is popularity. We think the fruit is this, that, or the other. We think that the fruit is followers. We think that the fruit is money. It's none of those things. Galatians chapter 5, verses 23 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, there it is right there, the fruit of the Spirit of Jesus, what we get when we are connected to him is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the law is not against such things. And I don't know about you, but I need the fruit of the Spirit more than ever right now. I don't just need it, but I need it increased in my life. If you're writing notes today, take this down. This is really important for us to understand. Proximity is the catalyst for increased production. I love my wife, she's hot. We're in close quarters right now. <laughs> and it's been, a bla- it's been a blast, but it's been hard at the same time because we're around each other even more than we've ever been around each other, right? Because typically speaking, we get to do, we, we, we get to do nine to five and we're out doing our work stuff and we're moving and we're grooving and we're taking care of kids. And, and so our proximity to each other is not as, as much as it is right now. And as we've started to notice, man, the proximity is changing the way that we interact with each other. Here's the funny thing that I've noticed, just like a little quick off shot for those of us who are doing relationship right now, it's interesting how proximity can even promote distance if we're not careful. If we're not intentional, it does not matter what you find yourself in, it doesn't matter what context you find yourself in, if you're not aware of this, you can actually get distant even when you're in proximity. That's just a, a freebie for somebody today. But what I've started to notice is that spending time with my wife right now and, and, and understanding her and even deeper, right, 15 years into marriage, even right now in this COVID moment, being in proximity, I'm learning more about her. I'm seeing her more. I'm understanding her more. And I'm falling more and more in love with her. Why? Because we are close. We're close. And we're making intentional efforts to be even closer, the way that we talk to each other and interact with each other and It's been a blast. The problem is is that we want to be close to Jesus, but we don't want to be in proximity to him. And when we live that type of life, we actually don't produce in our lives what it is that he's wanting to produce. See, the vine nurtures the branches and causes them to flourish. So the branch is still alive. I want you to hear this. Even in harsh seasons, it is able to produce fruit. Why? 
because our strength is not dependent on our own source, it's dependent upon the source. So I can have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control operating in my life at all times, no matter the circumstance. Why? This is just Bible, because I'm connected to the vine. I'm connected to the one who gives me everything that is necessary and needed to grow and to produce and to bring fruit out. So I don't need to strive for I don't need to strive for love. I don't need to strive for joy. I don't need to strive, oh, come on, somebody, for peace. How many of us right now, we're working hard for peace? You ever tried to do that before? It's counterproductive. You can't work hard for peace. Think about that. That's what we're trying to do. We're just uh, working, uh, just pushing and grinding. Uh, I need peace. I need peace. I need peace. You don't have peace. Right? And the problem is, is that for so many of us, we think that I can work it out. And he says, no, no, no. Just stay connected. Stay connected to me, stay in proximity to me, and you will have peace. Have you ever got about around that person before that just exudes that thing that you need, and so when you get around them, all of a sudden you have it? Come on, how many of you have been there before? You have that friend who's like the joyful friend, and you always want to be around them. Why? Because they make you laugh, and they bring joy to like every room that they find themselves in. And so you just want to be around that person. Why? Because proximity gives you what is around you. I know, that was super deep right there. But that's why some of us are messing up. That's why some of us are experiencing things that we are experiencing is because we put ourselves in proximity to other things that internally we don't want, but we don't know how to get out of the, the situation. So we wonder why we're angsty and, 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 and anxiety-ridden and fearful. Well, have you checked your space? Oh, come on, somebody. Have you checked your proximity? Have you checked what is around you? Have you checked who is around you? Because I've just found out that who I'm around and what I'm around, it will breed itself in my life. Whatever vine I am connected to, I'll receive it and I'll produce it. So if I do not want the fruit of fear in my life, oh, I need to get around some people that ain't scared. I gotta get around some things that push me forward. And I gotta get around Jesus because in Jesus, he casts out fear. So we gotta understand that proximity is such a big issue. And the first thing that we get in proximity, the first provision that we have in Jesus is increased fruit. Here's the second one, answered prayer. Let's go there. Answered prayer. You heard me right. The second thing that we receive in Jesus because of closeness is answered prayer. And you might be saying right now, he has not answered any of my prayers. It's a fair assessment. Let's talk about it. John chapter 15, verse 7. We're just going with the Bible. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. And so you're like, sweet, can I have a Ferrari? Can I have a million dollars? Oh, we ask things. But we have to understand the context of this mashal. We have to understand the context that Jesus, remember, is talking about connectedness. He's talking about closeness. So remember, ask whatever you want and you will receive it is in conjunction with who and what you are connected to. And so let's tackle this issue that I think that we need to grapple with. And that's the issue of unanswered prayers. Something we don't talk about very much. And I think that one of the greatest reasons why prayers go unanswered is because they're not aligned with the vine. Jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches so that everything we need comes from the vine. 
Many of us are asking for things from an unconnected position, and therefore we ask for things that are not in alignment with Jesus' heart for our lives. And this understanding has massive implications on our life because it is the difference between seeing Jesus as a cosmic genie or a purposeful God. And I think some of us are running around thinking that he is this cosmic genie in a bottle that he pops out whenever we have a wish or a demand or something that we want. But listen to Ephesians chapter 1, 11 through 12. It's Bible. In him we have also received an inheritance. Come on. It's good news right there. Because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of what? His will. His will. His. His will. The funny thing is, is that for many of us, we are praying prayers that are alignment with my will. And I want what I want and how I want it. Right? My kids ask for all kinds of crazy things. All the time. Crazy things. And so much of what they ask for many times has no alignment with the will and the purpose of their mom and their dad and, and our family. Like my daughter can ask for a pony, but guess what? She's never gonna get a pony. Why? It's not because I'm a good father, because I'm a bad father. It's actually because I'm a good father and I'm taking care of a family. And so her request is not going to be answered because it doesn't fit within the scheme of our family. It doesn't fit within the, the alignment of our family. It doesn't fit within the heart of our family. And I don't have a backyard big enough. Right? Now, she might ask her grandpa for a pony, and she might get it. Why? Because her grandpa is trying to build a farm. Some of you who know my father, <laughs> you would get what I'm saying. But here's the thing. So many of us are asking prayer, like we're praying prayers to a cosmic genie rather than a purposeful God. And then we get frustrated with him because he doesn't give us what we want. Come on, am I talking to anybody today? All right? So often we want Jesus to bless what he did not author, co-sign on that which he did not design, and approve that which he does not accept. Am I talking to anybody today? We need to understand that dependence, write this down if you're taking notes today, dependence should define our prayers. My desires should be aligned with the vine. And when we abide in Christ, we pray with the confidence that is found in connection. That my prayers actually become answered prayers because my prayers are being defined by the vine. They're being defined by the ecosystem that I found myself in. And many of us are asking God to bless a completely different ecosystem than what we should be attached to. We're asking him to bless a relationship that we shouldn't be in. We're asking him to bless something that we shouldn't be engaged in. We're asking him to give us something that he knows will break us. He, we're asking for things that, to define us when really he says, I, let me define you instead of your stuff to find you. We are asking for things that are not in alignment with the vine. And of course, he doesn't answer. And this is hard for us because we have a tendency to see God's goodness in relationship to what he gives us when we want it, how we want it. When we are in connection, all of a sudden it changes 
our desires. Come on, hear that today. When we are in connection with him, it changes our desires. And when our desires change, oh, let me, please hear my heart today. When our desires change, our prayer changes. I found that when my desire changes because I'm in alignment with Jesus, because I'm close, because I'm connected, I've actually found that my prayers are no longer about me, they're about everybody else. I've come to find out that when I'm, when I'm close and I'm connected to Jesus, the things that I want change. And so I want other things that tend to be more of his heart than my heart. I don't know where you're at today, but this is just some fruit that comes, some things that we find, some provision that we, that we find in Jesus. Here's the third thing that we find, the third provision that we have in Jesus when we are close. Number three, sustaining love. Sustaining love. John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. The Greek word, menyo, meaning to reside in, to dwell, and to occupy. And when we do this, it is a love that sustains us as we are in constant residence within his love. And the reality is that so many moments of our lives, we try to live sustained by things that actually cannot sustain us. And the funny thing is, the sustainability is a term that we're hearing a lot about right now in our world. In a culture, I find this interesting, in a culture looking to develop and engage in sustainability, it is amazing how fast we are sidetracked by unsustaining love. We run from relationship to relationship. Why? Because we're looking for something to sustain us, and it doesn't sustain us. He doesn't sustain you. She doesn't sustain you. The job doesn't sustain you. The stuff doesn't sustain you. All the things that we are looking for, sustenance, and it doesn't sustain us. Put another way, we cannot give what we have not received. And so many of us are trying to give what we've never experienced or we're looking to receive something from someone or something that does not have the power to give what it is that we are searching for and longing for and in desperate need of. Love that is constant, love that is sincere, love that does not wane in circumstance, and this is sustaining love. Love that does not change, this love that we receive from Jesus in and of its purest form, because he is the originator of it, he is the author of it, he is the creator of this love, and he embodies the very essence of love. He is love. Yeah. And we're all running around right now, it's just, it's all about love. Have you ever realized we don't know what love is? Think about this. I just want to love people. I just want to love him. I just want to love her. And for many of us, we're trying to give what we've never received. It's inadequate at best. Come on, am I talking to anybody this morning? And so Jesus offers us when we are close, when we are connected, he offers, he, he offers us love that is sustaining in nature. It keeps going. It's like the never-ending song. This is the love that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. Right? We started singing it forever just because. It's the love that never ends. I wonder what you're trying to be sustained by. I can tell you in my life I've tried to be sustained by all kinds of different things. We talked a little bit last week in the message we did about identity. And for many of us this morning, we are finding ourselves sitting in a situation where we, we are trying to be sustained by something that cannot sustain us. And so 
Jesus says, listen, if you stay close to me, if you stay engaged in me, if you stay connected to me, you're going to receive some things. It may not be the things that you thought. It may not even be the things that you want, but the things that you need, and when you get it, it changes everything. It changes who you are. It changes your disposition. It changes the fabric of your soul. So the third thing that we receive, the third provision that is found in Jesus is sustaining love. And some of us need to know that today. Some of us need to hear that today. Some of us need to grab a hold of that today because you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. And here's the fourth thing and the last thing that we have in Jesus is completed joy. John chapter 15, verse 11, I have told you these things so that my joy, watch what he says, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I want you to hear what he said. He said the reason that our joy is completed is because his joy is in us. Did you hear that today? I've told you these things so that, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And there is a big difference between happiness and what Jesus is referencing right here. See, Jesus is talking about a completed joy that only comes by way of connection to him. In other words, the gap between our happiness and joy is Jesus. And that's a massive gap for some of us today. See, a lot of us are running around trying to get happy. And Jesus is offering us joy. So many of us are trying to find things that make us happy, but Jesus is offering us joy. And he says, allow my joy, the joy that resides in Jesus, the joy that keeps Jesus going, the joy that, that caused children to want to jump all over Jesus, that joy, the joy that sustained him in storms, and the joy that sustained him on the cross, and the joy that sustained him in the persecution, that joy, the joy that never left him, it's that joy he said that you and I can have, and it would complete our joy. So that no matter where you stand and no matter what circumstance we are in, we have joy. There's something about us. There's a bounce in our step because all of a sudden everything is changed because I have his joy. And it comes because I'm a branch in the vine. It comes because I'm connected. It comes because I am close. It's amazing how excited my kids were when they would cuddle with us in the morning. It's amazing how fast that puppy's tail wags when he's close. And I'm just wondering today, what are we connected to?